two Sundays beyond here. And uh, we're going to be looking at some of the key words and key values of Arena Church, which will lead us nicely into our Vision Sunday and then also our Mission Sunday that are happening uh, through the month of, of February. And this morning, I want to just address the subject of hope. So if you have a pen and paper, please take that in your hand. If you've got an iPad or, or some tablet form of device, then please, if you do the same as well. There are some things that I just want to address. I'll, again, trying to come at it a little bit differently this morning and um, to give people some understanding because I'm mindful there are people at different levels of their journey. There are people here who are, you know, on, on different faith levels. And uh, I want to try and help each and every person this morning. But as I do that, I just want to ask just one or two questions. And the questions really are um, questions that many people are continuing to ask. Questions like, why do I have to experience bad things? Why do I have to experience bad things? Questions like, who, who, who can I trust? Where is my life heading? These are all questions that people ask. I don't know whether you would be honest enough to answer the, 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 this question by saying, I wonder if you've ever asked those kinds of questions. You might be here this morning and asking that very, very question. And the reality is, many of us ask those questions because we have been bitten. Not talking physically bitten, but you understand, emotionally bitten. We may have felt like we've been chewed up. In fact, let me, that, that would be good interactive. If you've ever felt that like you've been bitten and you want to just join with me, as I read these words out, just give me a wave. So if anybody ever feels like they've been bitten, just give me a wave. If you ever feel like you've been chewed up, somebody's got all of you, chewed you up and spat you out. If you've ever felt like you've been blasted, kicked, punched. Not, I'm not talking physically, I'm just emotionally. Ever, anybody here ever felt like you've been deceived? You've been ripped off? People have said something and then not delivered. You've been lied to. You've had things stolen from you. I'm not necessarily talking about possessions, but just your heart's been ripped from you as well. Anybody here ever felt like you've been made fun of consistently? You've been made to feel small, ridiculed, abused, let down. People here have been imprisoned, in chains, hurt, smashed. Just give me a wave. If any of those apply to you, just give me a wave. A lot of waves around the room. All these things create an absence of hope. All of these things that I've just mentioned create an absence of hope. You may say, Christian, help me to understand what that word hope actually means. What are you talking about? What is this hope? Well, let me, t let me help you this morning to understand what I'm talking about. Because hope, when I use the word hope, it's a feeling of expectation and a desire for something certain to happen. 
Here in the 21st century, there's a definition of hope that comes across. It's out in the world, it's, it's all around us, but this definition of hope, I think, is very wishy-washy. It's a maybe or a kind of unsure optimism. Do you know what I'm talking about? The modern idea of hope is this. It's to wish for, but without any certainty of the fulfillment. To desire very much, but with no real assurance of getting your desire. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Because that's the kind of hope that exists in the 21st century. It's not certain. It's not sure. It's just, well, it may happen but I'm not sure that it will happen. And that's the kind of hope that people live with. But I want to tell you this morning, for those who've been around church for many years and those who are new to church, the Bible has something completely different to say. And when he speaks of hope, he defines it and boxes it in a completely different way. Because the Bible speaks, as we look at the Old Testament that was written in in Hebrew, And as the New Testament was written in in Greek, the kind of hope that the Bible speaks of, the words that it uses to translate that word hope, according to the Bible, is of an indication of certainty. This hope is an indication of certainty. This hope in Scripture means a strong and confident expectation. I'll say that again. This hope in Scripture means a strong and confident expectation. So when we read the Bible and it speaks of hope, it's not wishy-washy, may happen, not sure that it will, but it's something that I'll look at. No, when God declares hope, He is saying this is a strong and confident expectation. For those who aren't clear, you may say, well, where does that combine with faith? Well, faith is having convictions. I've already said, we all had a story to tell. And uh, the story was pretty desperate. And those stories wouldn't be dissimilar to many of the stories that I hear and have heard around the life of this church. But every one of them didn't come about through a hope in themselves or a hope in a relationship or a hope through their finances, the hope was found through one, and his name is Jesus. So I'll ask the question again, where are we placing our hope? Who am I hoping in? I just wrote down four very simple things where people place their hopes, and just join with me as I just talk with you this morning. Because many people are hurt and broken because of misplaced hope or we hope in the inconsistent i'll say that again we hope in the inconsistent you see if we hope in relationships husband and wife man and wife boyfriend and girlfriend then there needs to be a trust i understand that so don't misunderstand me but if all our hope is rested in that relationship i want to say it's misplaced It's completely misplaced. 
Because the reality is I speak to a lot of people who at times in their lives have realized that they didn't marry the man who they thought they were marrying. Hello? They were trusting in this relationship and yet it turned out to be completely different. This woman who this man thought was going to love them for the rest of their lives and then they realized that actually two years into the marriage was actually having an affair with somebody else. I'm not speaking about anybody, I'm just talking generally. And this person whose hope was rested in that relationship now founds that that hope was completely inconsistent. Something happens. Someone dies. That husband and wife who's been a soulmate to that person and our hope rests completely in that and then this person dies. Then what happens to our lives? I'm not saying relationships are wrong and I hope you hear me. Uh, Relationships are wonderful. Godly given marriages are wonderful. But if our hope rests completely in our, in, in, the marri- in our marriage partners, I want to say it's misplaced. Some people put their hope and trust in their finances, in their resources, in their stuff. Everybody say stuff. I didn't say stuffed. I said stuff. You see, I realize that money comes and money goes. The reality is you might have been in a relationship in a business context where the business partner stole from you. Creditors let you down. Shares crash. You lose your job. All kinds of things happen. And yet people continue to put their hope in their resource. Here's another good one. Knowledge, education. I'm absolutely for knowledge and education. And by the way, I'm not against wealth. You know that from me. But knowledge and education. What I've realized is I come across a lot of people who are incredibly intelligent and have dedicated their lives to a life of education. They've got a wonderful, top-notch degree. And then they can't get a job. They've placed all their hope in that education. They've placed all that hope in knowledge. And hear me, I'm not against, some of you here, I'm not against universities, not against education. All I'm saying is, if you place your hope completely in those things, it is misplaced. Are you hearing me this morning? These things are not rock solid. They are inconsistent. The hope where we need Where we need to put our hope is in Christ and Christ alone. At Arena, we believe that our message is to declare that a restored relationship with God through Jesus Christ is the only hope for our world. It's part of our partnership document. It's part of our battle plan. It's part of our vision statement. We believe that a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is the only hope for our world. I absolutely believe that. I believe the only hope that we find that is consistent and rock solid is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And just in the last few moments of his being together, I just want to read from Lamentations. It's a strange book. And whilst Chris just gets himself ready, I just want to give you an understanding of this book called Lamentations. It comes from the word to lament, to cry. 
And Lamentations, commentators believe, was written by the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was an interesting character. Some describe him as the weeping prophet. He wasn't a big girl. He wasn't a big baby. There was just so much pain around of his life. There was so much that God was doing in him. There was so much that he was seeing. And he was at a time where Israel, God's chosen family, were rejecting the ways of God. They were doing their own thing. They were going their own way. And they were placing their trust in their wealth, in relationships, and in other gods, and not placing their hope and trust in the living God. And God begins to speak to this, I believe it was Jeremiah, who wrote these five poems. That is what they are. The book of Lamentations are just five poems. And we pick up on Lamentations and chapter 3. So that's the context to Jeremiah, the world in which he is in. The temple has been destroyed. The Israelites are doing their own thing. And Jeremiah finds himself as a man who wants to please God. And he's seeing all this chaos around him. And he's in pain and difficulty. People are ridiculing him. People are doing all kinds of horrible things against him. And he begins to write these poems. I'm going to read them from the message because they are so graphic and so helpful. But he says, reads, in Lamentations, verse 1 through to 3, first of all, I'm the man who has seen trouble. Trouble coming from the lash of God's anger. I'll pause at each, at each statement because some of them are quite poignant, I believe, for many of us. So I'll read that again. I'm the man who has seen trouble. Trouble coming from the lash of God's anger. He took me by the hand and walked me into pitch black darkness. Anybody ever felt like they've been walked by God into pitch black darkness? (laughs) Yes, he's given me the back of his hand over and over again. You may say, this doesn't sound like a loving God. It's a very loving God. What he's trying to describe, like I've said to you, is this prophet... Is seeing the disobedience of these people. And God will not just suffer with us forever. I want to say if we keep disobeying God, God will not keep suffering us forever. God will discipline us, the Bible says, as children that he loves. He's a prowling bear tracking me down, a lying in hiding, ready to pounce. He knocked me from the path and ripped me to pieces. When he finished, there was nothing left of me. He took out his bow and arrows and used me for target practice. (laughs) He ground my face into the gravel, pounded me into the mud. I gave up on life altogether. Some of you have felt like this. I've forgotten what the good life is like. I said to myself, this is it. I'm finished. God is a lost cause. Some people have actually declared that God is a lost cause. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. So glad it doesn't stop there. It's a really nice poem, isn't it? 
Roses are red, violets are blue. Sugar is sweet and so are you. It's just beautiful. This is his, this is his lament to God. This is his pouring out to God. And I'm sorry if you have difficulties w- with this, but sometimes I can't say to this extreme, but I felt like this before. God, God, what are you doing? My words, God, what are you doing with me? Why don't you sort this situation out? This is, I have done nothing wrong. And yet, God, please sort. And it's almost like God just allows me to just get on with it. Instead of getting better, it gets worse. Can I hear anything from anybody? Instead of getting better, he feels like he's getting worse. And this is what Jeremiah is writing. But oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember. And remembering, I keep a grip on hope. Can I hear some just, you know, I preach better when there's just some interaction. There's one thing I remember and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. So when I feel hopeless, he says, remember this one thing. Hope in God. Because this love that God has for us will never run dry. It can never run out. And it's new every morning. It's new every day. His merciful love couldn't have dried up there, created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits. To the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing. Everybody say it's a good thing. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing. If anybody young here today, it's a good thing. When you're young, to stick it out through the hard times. Any youngsters here today, younger emerging leaders, it's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. Hard times will come But as you hope in the Lord, stick it out and you'll walk through it. When life is heavy, this is to every one of us, and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. Why? Because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, he also, listen, works tenderly. His stockpiles of loyal love are immense. He takes no pleasure in making life hard, in throwing roadblocks in the way. Jeremiah This poem of Lamentations 
He feels the full force of disappointment and rejection. Did you hear his language? And I get a feeling this morning there's many of us who can concur with Jeremiah's thoughts. We've just felt like life, God, has let us down. We felt like life is too difficult and we just want to quit. We've had enough. And it's because our hope has been misplaced that we found it more difficult. But Jeremiah realized one thing. In the midst of all his trouble, there was one thing that he was going to remember. And that was God's loyal, unending love. That his mercies are new every morning. That God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He remembered that the, the, the prophets recorded Isaiah, I don't know whether he'd, he, he would have probably not because it was in a different time. But Isaiah says this, that those who hope in the Lord will never be disappointed. The psalmist writes that those who hope in the Lord will never be put to shame. It's about having a confident expectation that God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. This place that I find myself in is not the end of my life. There is a way forward that God is making a way. Is there anybody hearing me this morning? This is the hope that God is wanting us to live in. Not a hope that's found in stuff or relationships or in our knowledge or in our education or in anything else that we cuddle ourselves and cotton ourselves, cotton wool ourselves with. God is wanting us To place our utter hope in him today. As I close, why do we say all of this? Because we, we are arena. An arena has a message of living hope. A message of hope. I'll say it again. A restored relationship with God through Jesus Christ is the only hope for our broken world. You see, this message of hopes, it affects how we speak, how we live, how we act, how we behave. If you have no hope, you'll behave in a particular way. You'll be forever fretful. You'll be forever fearful. You'll be forever wondering what God is doing. You'll be forever complaining about God. You'll be forever wagging your finger at God. And you'll have no sense of hope. But if you have a hope in God, whatever you are going through, you know you will get through it. Whatever is happening to you, you know it's only for a time because you are quietly living in hope, confident expectation that God is with you. Even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of like Jeremiah, you feel like your face is in the gravel and you're getting a good pounding, you know that God is with you. This is the hope that I talk about. And Arena has this kind of message. So when I look at this hopeless world and I think, how are we going to change Ilkeston? How are we going to change the M1 corridor? How is it going to change? The politicians can't change it. Throwing money at it won't change it. It's a lost cause. It's too far gone. That's a hopeless person talking. The hope says, I'm going to make a difference while I'm here on planet Earth. Hello? And for whatever my days, I'm going to continue to live with a confident expectation that God is going to do something amazing. Hello? This is the, the message of Arena Church. So why do we believe for buildings? Why do we believe for thousands of people? Why do we believe for the launch of new ministries? Why do we continue to do what we do? Because we are living in hope. And hope is an anchor to our soul. That is why we do what we 
do. And this is a great message that we need to declare and that we need to speak and we need to model and we need to live. So when people are seeing your life, they see something different about you, that even in the midst of all your difficulties and in all your poverty and in all your troubles, that you have a hope. And it will scream louder than anything else that's around your life. Is anybody hearing me this morning? When people come into this building, I want them to smell, feel, see hope in action. We're people of hope. We have a confident expectation that God is with us, that God is for us, that God goes before us, that God is on our side. That is what we believe. You might be here this morning and thinking, well, that's fine, Christian. I've been the one who's just been placing my trust in everything other. I've got a Bible verse for you. It says in Ephesians in chapter 2, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. Let me just say this, without hope and without God in the world. Paul speaks to this church and says, this is where you once were. I don't care what your credentials are, your religious credentials are. I don't care that you've been to the synagogue when you go. I don't care that you, that you pray. The reality is, you're without, without hope. Because you have not got that confidence of Jesus Christ. You don't have that revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And this morning, there are some people I really believe that God wants to touch this morning. I really believe that God wants to, you know, just speak to people's hearts. I really believe this morning there are people who have been placing their trust in other things other than Jesus. And Jesus is saying to each and every one of us, stop putting our trust and our hope in those things that are inconsistent. Let's begin to put our trust and our hope in that which is absolutely secure and firm And his name is Jesus. Church, let's stop fretting. Let's stop worrying. I understand there's nervousness at times. We're allowed to have nerves. There's many gulps. I was talking about it on Tuesday. Different contexts that I go into. That's allowed. But the Bible says, do not be afraid. The Bible says, do not be anxious. If we are fearful and we are anxious, it tells me that actually at that point, our hope is not confident in God. God will make a way. Whatever you are going through, if you will keep yourself anchored to God, He will make a way. As long as you're doing it the right way, He will make a way. I wonder if we'd bow our heads in prayer this morning.